Kabla kwa wala jetlag. Mayambe. Nangulukan nyo am. Max. Mapimpi. Ekabu Dilex. Wala nangulukan nyo am. Majolo Bola. Dilex Mapimpi. Aishaman. Mikasu. Ipapli. Shambopo. Shambizi. Oh, it just was was Good evening and welcome to the A&E Rugby Podcast with Andrew. Wow, that focused the mind. Hello. <laughs> and now, my gosh, we're both uh, having I didn't know whether I wanted to cry or have a scrum and I haven't really been in a scrum. So. <laughs> That's pure nostalgia. That's fired me up almost as well. Yeah, yeah, true. Wow. You well? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Uh, good weekend. Mm. We. Um, what have you been up to? Well, my brother just had another... Uh, had another kid so we uh, all met him this weekend and yeah. that was really cool like you know we don't have a big family and that's so it's always nice if we have a another uh, Wilson in the in the world so that was really good he enjoyed it always puts a smile on your face brings families together and, um yeah also had a really enjoyable weekend I saw you fleetingly at a, a, a friend's uh, 40th birthday I saw your brother and his, his newborn Riggs welcome to the world Riggs it's a cheers to you I've got a nice Muscadet Sir Leon at the moment uh, yeah I've got, a, glass. I've got a, um, a lovely Buxton mineral water here uh, 100% apparently <laughs> and then just a quick one after the party we went to a, a rugby game a big memorial game in Hampton Court uh, an old teammate of mine good Rob who unfortunately, unfortunately took his life earlier this year. And um, it's just a reminder to all of us, you know, he's, he was young. He had everything to live for on the surface of things. Played for civil service rugby team, also played for his university team. Uh, he must have been about 22 years of age and, um, and he's gone. So I know a couple of thousand uh, UK pounds around, uh, were raised for a charity called um, Papyrus, which is a charity concerned with the well-being of young males in particular, I think, and um, and uh, helping to reduce the uh, number of young males or people who take their own lives. So, um, Rob, another raise of your gloss, whatever you're doing up there. Um, I know you're an England fan, so it's probably going to get worse for you for a bit longer, but uh, <laughs> yeah, cheers. Yeah, yeah Rob. Cheers. Okay. Right then, on a semi-serious note again, the World Cup is here. It's almost here, Andrew. It is, it is. Twenty-three World Cup, gosh, it's flown by. I don't know if it's flown by. I've been anticipating it for a while. Um, so it, it seems to be going slowly now. But it, you, you can just feel the wind-up, eh? just on, on all the um, social media outlets or platforms. You know, everybody's doing um, podcasts. And all the guys that are doing the usual podcasts, we won't many any, you know, any egg chaser names or anything, but, you know, Constantly commenting about everyone springing up and starting new, but 
Yeah, you and I have been planning this for a little while. This isn't something that just sprung up. It started with us three or four months ago, didn't it? It did, and it's not something that's going to go away either. Be with us after the World Cup, the long haul ahead. Yeah. Okay, just before we uh, stop really concentrating and looking towards the spring box, the spring jocks, uh, (laughs) Scotland uh, game, um, just a few thoughts on... um, on the media blow-up, really, with the seven-one split, which you know, I, I find it quite bizarre at first, and it seemed to catch pace. And any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, it I, was unplanned, as we know. Yeah, I, I don't even, I don't see the argument. The argument yeah. is to reduce injuries. So if you're taking people off that are fatigued to bring people on in specialist positions, yeah. um, you know, as the scrum is, how, how does that argument even stack up? I, I don't. Uh, the, the difference is other teams can't do that. If New Zealand went in and they put all Fiji or somebody like that's well known for their backline play, the French and had seven backline players, no one would be saying a word. So, I, I, yeah, I think it's a storm in a teacup. I think it was, yeah, something that I think was quite innovative. Innovative, and I wouldn't be surprised if they went for an eight-zero sometime. Um, just to get to to put doubt in people's minds, you know, we play against uh, who's one, uh, who else is in our group that we could potentially do that with. But I think it's something that they could look at. Yeah. Romania. Romania. Okay. Well, on to the game itself. This week, Sunday, I believe, in Marseille. I know you had plans to go. I know that you've knocked that on the head now. But mm. there's a few friends of the show who. Who are going, I believe. Uh, the voice from the Cape, he's going. Uh, yeah, himself. yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of people going. It should be um, uh, really good. Look, Scotland's not too far away, but when the Springboks play, and as we know, when they're in the form that they're in, um, it, you have the travelling masses, as as we saw at Twickenham. You know, I, I say that, you know, the form and confidence and everything, but I remember us sitting here two weeks ago where we were both saying, there's more questions and answers in this team. You know, how fickle are we? Like in two games that we suddenly think, wow, we can win the World Cup from, we haven't answered any of the questions, the coaches are shit, we've gone, like we, do you know what I mean? I was just thinking you know about it mean? today. Although I've been pretty clear in my head, I always had concerns, but my main concern, I think quite consistent, was always the fly ball. And it's still the main concern. I think our whole squad is awesome. And I think, as he played last time, Marnie Lebock, he was awesome. So my concern is now, bucket, can you back it up? Mm. Can you go back to of back, course. which we need to do? I, we need to do. I, I think there's been two big swingers for me. The one is the coaches finally picked a pack mm. that we've all been screaming for. The start squad. Uh, yeah, the, the start squad. <laughs> the nuclear bomb squad. <laughs> yeah, and um, so, so there was that. And then I think Kalen Moody has been the joker that's changed potentially how we could play, the extra players we can fit in the team, um, keeping all the wings, the guys that are really on form. The centres haven't been as explosive and as on form as the wingers. So we've got four wingers that we're trying to... Now you can put three into the team, potentially, to start. Yeah, so I'd argue in terms of the centre, we've only seen him once, though, really. Um, Come on, Elmer, I saw the highlight reel from school. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm talking centres in terms of uh, an impact. Andre, Andre the Giant. Against New Zealand, I thought he really... Yeah, so did I. Really so did I. I remember you yeah. saying last week, but he really made a significant impact. Far more than uh, Diolandi's made for a while. Yeah, I think Diolandi's form slipped her with the, um, the, the coming back from Japan. Then he was given a few solid um, starts, and he was really off in the first game against New Zealand. And, and I think, you know, these guys, some of them set the bar really high, and that's what we expect from them now. So when they're a bit off... And especially in the World Cup, in the first game, when things will be tight and it'll be tough and people won't be throwing wild passes. And uh, generally, that game isn't going to be hugely high scoring. So um, I think confidence and consistency are two big parts for me. Um, but if if I look at this man for man, I think they should be more worried about us than us setting up a team to combat them. Um, yeah, so... We'll get into a little bit later, but I, I think their strengths are more in their backline than anything else. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see who picks who in the backline. So, so we can have, I, I can, I'm happy to, should we go through the front row and then we can compare? Have, have you got your, have you got your team there? Okay. Um, your red-headed twin brother gets off at one. You know, the spicy plum. <laughs> My son calls him the ginger bowling ball. 
then Marx and uh, you know the ever-present Malhub. Yeah. Same. Okay. Same. So um, yeah, I mean, it almost it almost names itself. So so let me tell you about what I was thinking this afternoon. So would you think we could go in with Kitsov, Bongi, France, but only play Bongi for twenty minutes to start? Started for twenty minutes. Yeah. What the theory be with that? Soften them up. Give him like a, like go kind of balls to the wall. Twenty minutes. Soften them up. Like empty the tank in twenty minutes, and then you bring the you know the world's premier hooker on. Just, but I also checked myself when I thought about it because I thought, but I think they're picking front rows in groups now. You know the All Blacks front row for us. Literally, class. Yeah, as well, class. But what I like about this one, this gives us a platform, and, and we can actually start accumulating points rather than them coming on when we're either level in the game or even behind and mm. start chasing a game. But what I do like is you just mentioned now with the height and mm. it's two different front rows, both mm. world class. They both give the opposition front row a headache, a dilemma so with a change of height, especially. You made a good point there. Um, the starting front row are better in every facet of rugby in comparison to the second. Mm. But the second, when they come on and their sole goal is to scrum you to death, and they do that with a plan. I mean, it's a nightmare. So, yeah, yeah. I've never seen a New Zealand scrum suffer like they did when when that bomb squad came on. So that was I've suddenly become a scrum connoisseur. <laughs> okay, so we agree on that. Yeah. So four and five. Uh, so then I've got Eben and Sos. Ooh, Franco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you same as you? No. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, then I have Khaleesi, Peter Stefter, Toy, and Dwayne. I, I, yeah, I mean, fix itself. It does. I would have thought good on Dwayne because a couple of months ago he was not even in the picture. I know he's risen from the ashes and possibly he's one of those. Well, do you even take him? Do you even take him? Well, there were things like is he, a, he went from our first choice to our second choice to play a coach to should we take him? And yeah, but there's also a visa's. Performances have also gone down, mm. and uh, where we we quite lucky is I watch him, well we watch him week in and week out for Leicester. You know we are often send each other our WhatsApps and what what have you, and um, we say well he's play. I mean he was destructive. He was player of the season in the Premiership last year, really really brilliant player, but he's just a little bit off the boil at the moment. Hope he finds the form. Okay, so we we we've, we've got the pack. We agree. Um, nine. I went with Fuff. Um, and so. So why Fuff? Because I think we've got some guys that are really chomping at the bit behind him. I think if I had to put them in order, I would go Fuff, Reinach, uh, Williams, um, um, what's his name? The other sharks come off. Uh, um, Henriksen. Henriksen. Henriksen hasn't played. So I see him re- probably starting in four years, something like that, because I can see the potential. But I think what Fuff offers us, quite different to the other three, is a defensive anchor to our whole defensive system. The way he shoots out the line, make it crazy. It's a bit of a crazy yeah, pilot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I completely agree with you. Um, not only has he done it at the highest level before, yeah. he's still doing it. And just um, watching him live against New Zealand, it was just a reminder how amazing he is defensively. Yeah. Just a small guy. Just plays with complete recklessness. No self-preservation. Flies into eight. Stops them. Stops them in their truck. It it's like Scott Burger, but a midget version. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, he, he reminds me of Lord Fockwar from uh, Shrek. <laughs> I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Oh, well, you'll laugh your head off. Although I think Shrek would make a good uh, eight months. Yeah, and, and his missus, what's her name, Caitlin or whatever, she'll she'll be quite good in the front row too. <laughs> Okay, so we're we're bang on at the moment. Yeah, I think the um, the team is more subject than we thought. Yeah. So fly off. I've gone for Pollard. And you, oh, sorry. Um, Here we then go. I've, then I've gone Mapimpi. Okay. Who have you gone for? Mapimpi. Surprise yeah. though, because I didn't think he played that well against New Zealand. I don't think he's in the right sort of form lately. But we disagree on that then, because I think he is in good form. And but I wouldn't have had him in had. If we skip to 13, Kane and Moody hadn't had such a good game at 13 because I've got Moody in a 13. Right. This is interesting. I only picked Mapimpi simply because I looked at the balance of my back three mm. and I thought, 
we need a bit more muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need someone under the I hand. agree. So on um, Colby plays against Fanimeva, Duan Fanimeva. So, so you've got Mapimpi. Yeah. Say eleven, fourteen. Yep. Fourteen Colby yeah, and fifteen Vili. Me too. Who've you got as uh, Taiwan thirteen? Esther has an Amudi. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's unusual, huh? <laughs> so we gone for the same 15. I, I do remember asking you last week um, if uh, the coach picked the same set of partnership. Would you be happy? And yeah. you said, yes, yeah. I, I like I like that. Yeah, I, I think it's good. I think they're on form. I think what I like about it is we get three potential wingers that are really on form into yeah. the game. Um, it's expansive. We multiple threats. It's not just a set piece, power game, scrum, more. I mean, there you, you'll hear it from Albie when he talks from a Kiwi perspective. He was like the biggest shock in New Zealand was how dynamic and sharp the backline are. So, you know, we, we need to nurture that. It, it gives us, a, and especially playing uh, Marnie. Yeah, and that's um, something we're not used to. We, we've been used to at a provincial level, especially teams like the Stormers. Mm, yeah. We're not used to it as Springbok supporters. Do you know what? I, 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 I don't, I've had this conversation before where I was talking about how, you know, these um, other guys from, um, majority of them from Cape Town, Playing so well at sevens, how do we transition them into the 15-man game? And some of the coaches, previous coaches, wouldn't pick players like that. For instance, Jake White wouldn't have looked at guys like that back. Gio Aplon, remember him? Yeah, Gio Aplon was one. I mean, he was brilliant. Um, Brent Russell, all these types of things that they try to find places for these guys that were really dynamic. But the, and you the, on that note, can just bring Luton. Sure. Hi, Elmer and Andrew. Uh, Ludwig here from the Boca Boys. Um, I'd like to raise an observation, and it's a pleasant one. <laughs> you know, in the Springbok squad on tour, you know, we've got obviously Kurtley Lawrence, Damien Willems, Marnie Lebok, Colby, Jaden Hendricks, Caden Moody, um, youngsters, coloured players, Cape coloured players who are absolutely fantastic. They bring something new to the game. Makes me think back of Errol Tobias back in the day, who was ahead of his time. They are agile, they are fast, they've got quick hands and quicker feet, and they are unpredictable. And that is such a benefit to the Springbok squad. I mean, these guys, the opposition can't read them. They don't know what they're going to do. They've got a trick and a surprise up their sleeve all the time. And they're going to be running rings around the opposition. You know, there's not many teams that's got this in their squad, what we've got. I mean, these guys, I think, can make or break a game. And I just want to say, as a box supporter, South Africa is very fortunate to have them playing. You know, and their defense is good. You know, they really, really defend well. And, um, yeah, I think that's definitely going to be beneficial to us in this World Cup. Anyway, guys, great show, and keep up the good work, and speak to you soon. Cheers. Yeah, I, th I think that's spot on. I was just writing down. I, th I think the, the key was always about how they had such attacking flair, but their defense was yeah. always suspect. How could we integrate that into the Springbok team? And now these guys, I mean, Orange, Colby, and Moody are like as good as any Springboks I've seen at tackling. See, yeah, and, and Orison wouldn't have been looked at. Nah. Even quite recently, 10 years ago, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been, well, he'd have been looked at, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been in the team at all, mm. in the squad, and mm. certainly not the World Cup squad. Yeah. So, interesting inclusion. I, I agree. I, and I, I, yeah, I like that. So, well, it's interesting the point you were raising because I remember talking to you sometime, some months ago, mm. you were particularly impressed yeah. with the influx of the uh, time players, in particular the coloured players, yeah. and offering something just really different mm. that, e that we're not used to seeing as a collective at national level, and the opposition certainly are. And you get the feeling, you, you're right, you do get the feeling from people, well, how do we defend against us? And international commentators and fans are picking up on it going, God, these players are awesome. Mm. I mean, Moody at the moment, he's almost a mini superstar, isn't he? And yes. He, he um, yeah, he, it's about how, how high he wants to go with this. 
it'll be interesting because I, I keep trying to say, is he hit his roof? Is he, is he hit the ceiling of what he does? And then he plays against New Zealand and Scott Barrett comes in for the tackle and he flips the ball around. It. I mean, wow, the skill set he has is, is incredible. So we're blessed. And like I was saying, the inclusion of him in both our teams in the centre brings three informed wings. Well, this is where, in, in terms of politics, diversity is a hot buzzword at the moment. Um, a lot of people rail against it, but certainly in South Africa, in terms of rugby mm. diversity, this is this is a real story. Yeah, but, but uh, remember, the uh, quotas are with ethnic black players, not with coloured players. So, yeah, the ANC even make that complicated. But the, the, the point is, is how we've learned to blend the strengths of each of these different, I mean, you've got those, you know, you've got the big, strong black boys in the front that are coming yeah. in as well, a lot a of power, heart. and then you've got the, the Afrikaans guys kind of, you know, adding heart. adding what they add, you know, muscle and brunavane, and then you've got the English guys that are, you know, come with all the brain sense, good looks, and uh, unfortunately, speedos. <laughs> Okay, so back to our 50. Wow, we picked the same um, starting uh, 15. Did you pick a bench at all? Yes, Me I did. Too. Because it, this is where I think it gets a little bit tricky. Yeah. Around, uh, So, I mean, we, we've discussed the front row, uh, Bongi, Trevor, Ox. Yeah. So it, that leaves Koch out, eh? Did you go for a 6-2 split? Yes. Okay, so did I. So I went Bongi, Trevor, Ox. Then I went Snayman. Yeah, myself also. Barking. Okay, now here's where I got court do, do i want to uh, would i bring Klein or would i bring eskimen so those two and but these options around it i think okay see how it goes see see so we've always got yeah but he's more of a seven isn't he so then then you go with other out and out ball carrier which for me not a ball carrier a uh, poacher like a full on the floor kind of poacher although see is an out and out um you can do it he can, he can. There's no doubt. But so, so I'm not quite sure. I think. Do we need that type of power game where we? I think there's enough power, which would make me think I'd rather go with um, Eskom. Okay. Because I'd I'd be weary of Sia, and if we get ahead, I'd like to replace him and take him off third game, pull him out. Um, or where did you go? Barking, of course. I went again with uh, his new partner in Klein. In, in Klein. <laughs> <laughs> you, you inclined to go with him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm giving it away. And Quagga. Quagga. But then who did you leave out? Because that's... That's the six. Oh, hold on. One, two, three, four. Ah, hold on. I can have Klein and Eskim. What am I talking about? I've got 22 here. It's actually 23. Okay. So your, yours was Quagga instead of Eskim. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy with Quagga as well. Might even suit that game more specifically because of his mobility. Okay. And then um, Willemse and I've got Reinach. Me as well. It's pretty much <laughs> on the money, Angie. Well, that's a first. Huh? So, okay. So, so, so that was interesting. But like, let's, let me ask you a couple of questions now. So if you were Greg Laidlaw, mm. what would you, what would, what's your strategy to play against the Springboks? What would you be saying? Are they... They have to play as they did against. Did you see the France game against um, Scotland? Yeah, you did. So um, Scotland, obviously, they're playing a similarish sort of pack to the Springboks: big, mobile, aggressive. They had quite a bit of parity. Not 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 all the time. They're getting bullied at times. But what they were doing exceptionally well was moving the point of attack constantly mm. and playing with width. And every time, pretty much every time, even in his own twenty-two, running everything through. Um, Fender uh, fly off, but and he's clearly been given carte blanche to do to yeah. run the game. He may as well be the coach. He pick the team, whatever. Um, as okay, he'd either do the quick offload, but the even if it was a quick offload, the next person would be punching holes and putting it out as far wide as possible. Well, he likes to do and and I don't think Darcy Graham is playing that. Game no, stay no. I think yeah, I, th- I think he's injured at the moment. But, um, and when they don't get parity, you know, they're making they're making meters on the on the on the wide channels. And even players like Jones has come really back into form. I always liked him as Storm. He's, he's had something about it. And they're relentless in Jones? The, um uh the center. Hugh. Hugh Jones. Yeah. Hugh Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Tua Pelota. They're they're relentless. Yeah, and he, yeah. Well, a bit of So many Scotsmen. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, the spring docks and uh, 
I mean, there'll, there'll be like 20, 20 South African player born players on the field. Um, it's a it's a bit of a strange one because they're playing with such width and pace. They're so fast. Mm. They uh, they're retaining the ball well, and they're going mm. through the phases. Really. And a lot of the time, they're either scoring or or the opposition are conceding penalties, etc. However, what I um what I noticed about um with that game, I don't think when Scotland have front foot ball, I don't think there's a lot you can do to completely contain them. I think uh, where uh, where you get on top of them is what what did they ended up suffocating them. They had a good twenty minutes where they were in control, the set piece were in control, uh, and um, and they started walking away with the game. And then they took the foot off the gas. And Scotland's tempo. Caught up with them again. Yeah. They came in seventeen the... points. Was that what it was? Well, that was the gap, and then Scotland almost won. Scotland, to me, they know all blacks, but, but it's a similar sort of mentality in terms of they can score a try from anywhere. Mm. They have the capability of it. And if you give them space and respect, they'll, they'll stop holding you up. Especially with uh, Finn Russell, he is as he's as good a distributor of the ball I've ever seen. Fantastic. Player. So I can tell you what they won't be doing, and Greg Laidlaw won't be saying he won't be walking to the change room. Right, lads. Let's fuck them up up front. <laughs> I mean, they'll just they'll just no, look, they'll just look back at him and like, no, 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 no. You know. Of course they won't. The ball will be coming out of the scrum pretty fast. It'll be going to fin as fast as possible. Yeah, it'll be, on it'll, it'll be quick and and out. So yeah, I mean, we we it's a tough one to pick a team against because you've always thought, okay, it's South Africa. We need to get the ball away from um, the set piece. But now you've got these dynamic backs. That pose a new problem. It's almost like two problems that you have to deal with. You, you, you know, even New Zealand at the moment, who have always been a very complete team, they can deal with you up front, good, strong guys, but then at back, they're really dynamic. Whereas the Springboks are really powerful up front and really dynamic at the back now, which I think is probably the first time on our like 2007, I, I thought we were pretty good in the back line too. But this this team, are, I think, are better um, down the back line. You, you be Greg Laidlaw. What do you think, if you can like me, two or three, what would the two or three weaknesses that you would be pointing out about the Springboks? Well, fly off. But as a points, as a kicker, so you could take risks. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, penalties from... Penalties. Anyway. <laughs> well, well, let's say no, 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 maybe not centre of the pitch because, you know, um, Marnie's going to kick, kick for corner. And you, you don't want to be facing a Springboks line out five metres off. So that's not really a weakness then. <laughs> no, but if you're, um, however, if you're conceding a, uh, if you're conceding a, a, a penalty um, near the uh, touchline on either side. So, so where, what, what, what would you say are the weaknesses? Oh, it's hard to pinpoint a Springboks weakness, isn't it? I think the, um, I think put it out wide and really test the smaller guards like your Kurt Lees and your Billy Louise. Well, Billy's covering wide and, and Scotland play with a lot of depth, uh, width, sorry. Billy's not the best tackle in the world. He's my favourite player for the Springboks. He's creative. He's not the best form of defence. And, and what what would you be saying to your bench about, especially the front row? Because they, they've got a couple of South African boys in there. Who can do so, so they can, I mean, I, I remember watching them for quite some time at the uh, Bulls. And Shkivan is, you know, he's a decent player. Yeah, yeah. So they can hold, they can hold their own. That's all they need. But they, can they go to? And uh, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think they can in, in the form the Springbok. Talk, so the Greys are quite good. He's taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they're pretty solid in the in the lineouts. Yeah, I, I think they've got a tough day ahead of them. Well, let's put it on you then, because what well, do you see a weakness that you target in the Springbok yeah. team? I don't think um, Scotland are equipped, but to play as good a game plan as they can and stick to that system, like you said. So they just they just need to keep on. Doing the same things over and over, run straight, distribute the ball, quick turnover. I'm sorry, quick, quick to the breakdown, kind of get it out. Their strengths—they've got to try and play to their strengths, and that's some of the centres. And again, you know, Duan and Carl Stain out wide are are good players. I think whoever Scotland play, it doesn't matter. They should just play the same system. Yeah, I think that's what they'll do: play at speed, play to them, play with width. Interesting, interesting. I, I um, what is your what is your score for the game? What are you uh, going to go with? So, I see, Lut, he called it at 42 16. Let me get it here. Uh, yeah, that's a bit hard. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with like a 28-10, something like that. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. 28-10. What are you going for? We'll go 22. Mm. Four tries, one one conversion, three miss kicks. Um, and a portrait in a Petri. What? What? Alma, you think it'll be that close? I I don't. And also, if, if South Africa get the upper hand early, yeah. that could be a horrible day for, for Scotland. Yeah. If Scotland get away early, I think South Africa have the team to pull, be able to pull some of it back. We're, so, yeah, okay. Interesting. Interesting. If we go back to the picks, though, so we've selected exactly the same team, basically, <laughs> and pretty much the same bunch. Um, what do you think Jacques will pick? Because I've, yeah. in my point of view, in the starting 15 I have, I think he'll, there'll be two changes from R50. Yeah. And they'll be both of yeah, centre. I think he'll go with Dialandi and Creel. That's that's my feeling. I could be wrong. I mean, who knows? But, um, Look, if he, was, if he was willing to pick them against New Zealand, why wouldn't he be willing to pick them against Scotland? You know, people say Delinda's got, the, you know, it's a, the safety of a World Cup winning centre. You've got Jesse Creel, who's a World Cup winning centre too. He's played 56 tests, you know, but they didn't get played against New Zealand and these centres dominated New Zealand. So if he's, it'll be interesting. When will they announce a team Wednesday? So we play Sunday. We're Sunday. Used to the Tuesday or the Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday for Saturday, so it might be Wednesday for Sunday. Um, well, let's see what the uh, on this note. Let's see what the voice from the cave, <laughs> the Oracle of the cave, the Oracle of the cave, thinks about the game this Sunday. So the moment has arrived. South Africa versus Scotland, opening game of our pool for this year's World Cup. I don't think we're going to see much of a difference from the starting lineup that we had against the All Blacks at Twickenham. I, I reckon front row will be Kitsoff, Marks, Malherba, and my lock duo to start with would be the same as we had for Twickenham. I'll go with Mostert and with Elizabeth on the on the flanks, of course, Siakulisa, Peter Steftatoy, and to start at eight. I know it's going to be controversial, but I'll start with your uh, with Visa. Nine and ten will be Faf and Mani. Um, number twelve. I'll make a big call here, Andre Esterhazen. Number thirteen. I'll go with Jesse Creel for this game. Uh, wing on the left hand side, uh, Cheslin Colby. Wing on the right hand side, Kanan Moody. And at fullback, Vili Leroux. That will be my starting lineup for the game. What Scotland's going to bring to the party, they know that they have to be physical against us. They have, for me, the better fly half in Finn Russell, but they also have a very dynamic centre duo who I feel will require a little bit of experience to nullify them. Uh, they have King King's something in the fullback position, Kinghorn. I rate him pretty highly. They have Duan on the wing who I feel needs to go up against someone as physical in Kane and Moody to sort of keep that where in in the ascendancy, especially if you're chasing and kicking the high ball. Um, I do feel Scotland do feel that they could put one over us, but I do feel that the Springboks have just a little bit too much power for them. Well, that is my synopsis of the game. Yeah, some interesting calls. I, I mean, the Visa one, for me, this has been so out of form. I know his quality. So, you know, form is temporary, class is forever kind of thing. And I've seen he has the class. So I don't get that one. And then he put um, Jesse Creel in. Uh, but he's got he's got good points for the wingers. I see what he's saying about Kane and, and Moody. But Colby's handled him before. He played against him in the Lions tour uh, three times, I think. And, uh, you know, Duan van Amerva did a lot. But the thing is, Duan van Amerva isn't a, isn't a winger that goes around you. He cuts in and goes through and, and slices infield. I mean, that try scored against England was phenomenal. But that's the kind of running that he does. He doesn't beat you around the outside. And with that kind of a run, it works to our strengths because you've got all the forwards and the loose forwards coming across. And, Traffic infield. Yeah. And and especially with the way that, that we run out of fence. So I'd... Yeah, I, I don't think we have to play somebody. The one thing I don't like is I don't like playing these wingers on the wrong sides. 
because I don't think Colby looked as effective on the left wing. He um, is a right winger and he needs to stay there. Reference 2019 Rugby World Cup final, Mr. Farrell. Yeah. Yo. Well, we've heard from the voice from the crowd. Let's have a listen to uh, the Bocker boy himself, Lut again. Hi, Andrew and Elmar. Ludwig here from the Bocker Boys. Um, and my score prediction for Sunday's game, Springboks Scotland, is 42 to the Springboks, 15 to Scotland. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Can't wait. We're traveling down on, on Friday night and then we're traveling back on Monday afternoon. So I hope the trip's worth it, but I'm sure it will be. With our depth and talent, we can only win. Anyway, boys, have a good day. Cheers. And it's- Boys are confident. Eh? Everyone's confident. I wasn't confident three weeks ago. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, the key, key factors there, the, the result and the performance against the All Blacks. But and Wales. Yeah, to an extent, but then the performance from the fly off as well. I told nobody's you. talking about selection talking of the pack. Andrew, and before we move on, let's uh, let's hear what an, another old teammate of mine, Ed, has to say about his team, Scotland, and the upcoming World Cup. Hello, hello, um, greetings from the UAE. Um, it's almost midnight here, so. I'm going to keep this short and also have had a few cocktails. Um, I think it's difficult to... I don't know. In my heart, I think we might make it out the group stages with Scotland. In my in my head, I'm like, nah, absolutely not. South Africa, I genuinely think it's going to be a loss. I think it's going to be quite a bad one. I think we'll get... The typical Scotland thing at the moment is the kind of... There's that meme of the guy who shot up the... Um, the uh, Dark Knight uh, movie premiere in the States and there's that look of him when he's like oh yes why am I here the murders yeah Scotland's a bit like that with rugby it's like they'll spend the first half and I imagine we'll get absolutely fucking trashed by South Africa in the first half and then we'll wake up second half and just be like holy shit and actually probably mount a fairly decent Second half, I just think we lack the depth of South Africa. We lack that kind of physicality to really kind of actually beat them. Um, so I imagine we'll get you know quite a few points back in the second half, but South Africa just have that ability to kind of dominate the play. And I just think Scotland's also got a very nasty habit of making stupid mistakes under pressure, stuff they don't have to do. So I think against a team with such, you know, depth as South Africa, I just I, I can't see us winning it. Tonga and Romania, I think those are going to be wins. Um, I think Tonga might be a, a diff, more difficult one than people imagine. Um, again, just size and physicality. Um, and I think they'll be quite tiring matches. Um and that really sets us up for the match where I think we are almost certainly going to lose, which is Ireland. There's just... I mean, Scotland, on a good day, can do real damage against big teams. You know, we've beaten France. We've beaten England. You know, we can give Australia a good run for their money. But our history against Ireland is just not good. So I, I cannot I cannot see us winning that game. And I genuinely think we'll probably find that more difficult than, than South Africa. I just, just don't think we're there. Um, it's a shame. I think you know we are. We're in one of the toughest groups, and I think this is probably the best Scotland's been for a generation. And it's just tragic that I think if, if we'd been in another group, I think we'd be getting through the uh, second round. And I think with fair wind, we could have done really well. Court semis. I think there's, there's there's enough quality in Scotland that that would be a possibility. I just think we're you know shit out of luck this time round. Um, I'm hoping for the best, but uh, yeah. As long as England go out in the uh, first round, couldn't give a shit. All right, cheers. So let, let's look at the, the other game. So so we've got that France-New Zealand game. Both brilliant teams. Only one's ever won it. They've won it three times in New Zealand. France are the most successful team to be unsuccessful at winning the World Ooh, Cup. Um, Two, three finals? Yeah, yeah. A couple of semis. So they've been knocking on the door. My my issue, this will be controversial again, and and I but I don't care. It's my opinion. I don't I can't support this French side. 
And the reason being is, is because they have 14, 15 foreigners in that team. So they're not French to me. You know, you don't want to hear people. Yeah, well, still the rest are, they've got all their big Islanders, you know. Um, so I was looking at a, um, a write-up about which squads have the most. And it, I think it was France, Ireland, then Scotland. I think Ireland were actually the top. So like 15 of 33 are non-Irish born. And I was just like, well, how's that? It might have been in the extended squad. So the, there's still a lot. And as much as, you know, I know that grandparents and um, that, I still accept that more, but I don't like the three years and then you play for the country because, yeah, I think it just takes something away from having gone through the system of the country that people were born in. Yeah, and um, it's, in my mind, it um, starts that evolving process of international Rugby turning into club rugby. So, it is. It's it's the football model. Be careful what you wish for, because I mean you're just going to end up with the richest nation will be the best. The best or, team. Or, or not the richest nation, the, the the nation with the best model to promote the game, which is France at the moment. Four professional divisions, eh? One to four. Okay, well we're actually in agreement with with us. Uh, um, and I certainly know the uh, Argentinians who are very vague on this traditionally. Um, One one more question just before you get going there. Right. So you're going to be the French coach now. What tactic would you be telling the team to use against New Zealand? um, I just play their normal home game. I think if they play their normal home game, big aggressive boys up front, um, don't play in their own, don't play in their own half, certainly not in their own 22. Mm. And let their backs are magical as well. And the pack's not working. However, and just just be consistent and let the opposition worry about you because France at home are dynamic. Eh? Yeah. Similar to Ireland at home. Ireland oh, very at home. good. Very good. They're very similar teams, I think. I think because when France go to Dublin, they they tend to lose by a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when yeah. Ireland go to France, yeah. I mean, if it was on a new Len- venue, uh, all that game. Yeah. yeah. And and there's one thing, the crowd. So you and I have been watching the Laura Shaw crowd. I've never seen anything like that well, for a rugby crowd. And I was chatting to Lut earlier on the phone, and I didn't realise he was in Marseille last year. I was in Marseille for the France Springboks game, yes. and that was a that was a cracking atmosphere. That was a hostile crowd. I mean, yeah. look, I'd never experienced an atmosphere as a, a visiting supporter as that. Mm. And you can see why people were saying that Barnes was the referee was, or they suggested under pressure. Yeah, yeah, that crowd because. We could feel it. We could, it, it, it silenced I, us. I didn't feel Barnes was influenced by the crowd. I felt he was influenced by the the TMO or the, the, the TMO. They, they yeah. The, the, oh, the pictures all went down when the guy did fourteen yeah, movements to to get over <laughs> to get over the line. Just back at France, though. I mean, they've um, it's a big game for them. Normally, I think yeah, you you've got the edge on New Zealand. You're at high and you're one. Yeah. But when you look at the names they've lost, Bilamsa, uh, Intima, Cyril Bali. And Dante, he's a big loss. Man. Huge I loss. Don't think, I don't think he's out for the tournament. I no. But that's yeah, a couple, big, yeah, big, yeah, big. yeah. He was brilliant the other day against Australia. He's destructive and he's really good over the ball. He's he's almost like one of those hybrid backline forwards, you know, backline six, where he's really good at um, getting over the ball, winning it. And then when, you, when they get the ball out of the back of a scrum or whatever it is, 10 metres from the line, it's rare that he gets stopped. He'd suit a seven-one split that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they've got that Makalu. You can France are the other team that could do that, but because they've got Makalu who plays wing and seven. See a lot of see. I've just named what was that four, four players there. A lot of international players. If they lost players of that caliber, you'd be thinking, right, we're in a mess now. Mm. The depth in France is fantastic, Absolutely. and including their stand. Like we, you were just talking about the Springbok standby list. Luton, mm. mm. whoever on there. And Pollard, but theirs is equally as impressive on paper. Um, in terms of New Zealand, though, if you go to New Zealand, a big bonus, although his discipline recently was questionable. Uh, Scotty Barrett, I believe, is back. He's I'm glad he's bear- I'm glad he's back. For we the both game. We, uh, I think we're in the minority over here. We both yeah. called that as a yellow card. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah. He, I'm sure he will have learned from this because he would have been stressing. And would have had like the whole, you know, New Zealand come down on you hard with expectation when it's uh, about the rugby. So I think he would have felt that. Also, his dad, that's like the father of three All Blacks, I'm sure would be saying to him, listen, boy, you know, be physical. But we watched him in the rugby championships and all of those. And he was really physical and there was no yellow and red cards. So I hope 
I hope the ref doesn't influence this game. I, I really hope. But like you say, in the cauldron, um, so I suppose it's Stade de France, hey? Kickoff Stade de France. Yeah, Stade de France. Tell me, where, where do you think New Zealand are as a team after that, in your opinion? Because I'm very confused. Do you know what? I'm not too sure, Andrew. All I know is there will be a response. I'm back part, but will that be enough for them to win in France? And I, I, I think France will win that. Yeah, so do I. I, I, I think I agree with you that the, they'll come back. I don't know if they have enough in terms of a team to beat this team at home oh. after being dead and buried against the Springboks, because that's a big, like that's a big gaping hole to close. Exactly. Still an awesome team. The thing is, with the last 10, 20 years with us, mm. even if you go back three years, four years, it's anyone the All Blacks play away from home, you'd go, oh, it's a no brainer, they won. <laughs> but this isn't the same team. The, the legacy of uh, the legacy teams for me are better than this team. Like we said, there's been so much inconsistency with this team. That is the problem. New Zealand have always been the pinnacle of consistency. They were consistent all the time. I mean, you look at Sam Whitelock's record over like 12, 13 years, and he's got about an 82% win rate. I bet you he's lost about 10% of that over the last two years because it's... Metallic, such key, such a key comment. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think probably the player for me that... They least want to get hurt is Moana. Well, who else? Yeah. Oh. Well, then they bring Damien McKenzie in, who's a completely different player. And in a World Cup, will not kick you possession style rugby through the fight. I wouldn't, in my view, that that's not what he does. That's not the kind of player is. That's not what you can expect from him. So I think Moana is very, very key for them. Would you be surprised if they won? Who need no, 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 I wouldn't. Oh, I would if they beat France. Yeah. So- Strange thing for to say. Strange thing to say. You would be not in a World Cup. I, I tell you, I tell you why. If this was just a test and they were going over now to play France, I would say France will will beat them. I'd, I'd no hesitation. The the difference for this is is that it's the World Cup. The expectation. There's all of that emotion that at times the French have struggled a bit with. So I think it just opens up an opportunity for New Zealand. Um, just talking about France, if you go back to 2007, they completely bottled it under the pressure, only going against Argentina. And we've also had that question mark over them. They did in the last World Cup. Mm. Gautier, Gautier, he, was, he wasn't the head coach in the last World Cup. He, he was in the mix. What did they do in 2019? I think they got pumped fine in Zealand. They didn't get out of the, the pool stage, did they? Knows, but they got pumped. But he kind of, they stripped it all back. And since... Sean Edwards has been brought in. They've shown none of their old characteristics. It'd be really interesting to see how they cope with the pressure and the expectation of the whole nation, because that whole nation is going to be watching. Yeah, they're really yeah. they're rugby at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be expecting a win, and they'll be expecting them to win the World Cup. Yeah. They they, they were saying that more people play rugby than football. Yeah. Uh, uh, in, well, in Southern France. Yeah, in Southern um which I was very surprised with, but. So what I did do was I was having a look at, um, you know, reading articles and whatever, doing my meticulous research before this pod. (laughs) (laughs) One of the, um, like a picture, a visual that they brought up was population of each Rugby World Cup team. So the population, um, and and some of this is ridiculous. Fiji, 90,000, no, sorry, 900,000. Nearly a million. Nearly a million. Yeah, Samoa, 200,000, and Tonga, 100,000 people. I mean, that's incredible, in- incredible. The thing is, though, when you think about that, though, you, on the Fijian Islands or Samoan Islands, what percentage of the, let's ignore girls for now, but just if you think male, what percentage of the male population play roughly All of them. Compared to, I know France population, I mean, 60 million, let's say, what percentage of the male population plays roughly? France is not as numbers, just as a percentage. And do Fiji play any other sports? Sure, they I, do. I, I once saw a Fijian at the Olympics or a world champions. I, sevens, I rugby sevens. Yeah, rugby sevens. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I think they won it. Didn't they? Yeah, I don't think these numbers are exactly right because they've got England as a population of 55 million, which I know it's much more than yeah. that. That's interesting. But anyway, it, it was just interesting having a look at that. I, I see, and just for time purposes here, be good if we move on to um should we chat about england argentina what we'll do with it 
just before we go over to England, the Bikinis, yeah. we'll just bring your friend, uh, Albi, yeah. into the list. The Kiwi Oracle. The Kiwi Oracle. With a f- Let's break it down, lads. Le Bleu versus Le Black at Stade de Francais. A magnificent venue for the big occasion. The last time I was at Stade de Francais, in fact, was back in the mid-90s sometime visiting Cirque du Soleil, the human circus. And after the all-black performance last week, many will argue a different circus is back in town and they're wearing black. But not me, lads. No, sir. All blacks have never lost a Rugby World Cup opener, and I don't think it's happening this time either. The passion will get the better of Le Bleu. And the All Blacks will definitely be on their toes after their ankle-grabbing visit to the Springbok proctologist last week. I'll be on the couch alone again with my escargot for breakfast, washing it down with some classic Kiwi Pinot Noir. So what are we looking at? Give us a score. If we had 15 Arties, I reckon we'd be in by 20. With only one Artie, we'll slide home, probably by the number on his back, about eight. So I'm picking All Blacks, 27-19. If, on the other hand, it goes belly up, I'll have a beret in one hand and the recording of the 1987 Rugby World Cup final on VHS. I just need to find a VHS player. Righto, lads. Looking forward to the opening weekend of this year's Rugby World Cup. Over and out. Yeah, some, some good insights there. But just, just before we even comment on any of that, let me tell you a little story about Albie. So he was my best mate here. We, we lived together in London and got up to all sorts together. But um, one night we went out and we had, we had both like dabbled in the professional, well, not even, but I'd like dabbled in the professional rugby and whatever. So he's telling me he he went to um, Otago and played for Otago boys, um, you know, made like the regional or county team or whatever you call it. And uh, he what happened there was really looking forward to being called up by Otago, getting into the men's side, getting into the super rugby team. And uh, he never got a letter from them. So he like finished off as the star winger for Otago and uh, then decided to move on and go study. I think he might have joined the police and he became a policeman. Anyway, he came back home about a year later and his mom says, oh, I've got this letter for you in the <laughs> oh, no. in the drawer. And he says, oh, okay. And he opened the letter and it was dated like nine months ago and it was his call up to the Otago men's team. <laughs> he had a bit of a shock with that and I think his mom's got a lot to answer for. Well, I think given just on what I've listened to there and uh, your story, you need to have him on the show. I think it's a podcast in its, uh, its own right. Okay, then. Well, moving on. Um, England v. Argentina. <laughs> Gosh. Right. Do any of us see... Oh, do we see anything other than an Argentine uh, victory? Or can you give any argument to an England win? Let's, let's not even try and answer that. No. Try answer, and answer this. What is Steve Borthwick's strategy going to be? And what will he be saying in the locker room before the game? I, I honestly have no idea. It's like, and it's not often that we don't have things to, to say, but I just, I almost hope that the players have taken some kind of control of this and said, listen, guys, you need to get behind me. Um, and they they've taken a bit of responsibility. Yeah, I mean we did speak about this last week in the podcast. We phoned to two thousand and seven when players apparently did take control of your yeah, 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 yeah. on that and they they went and approached the coach and dictated to him yeah. what they were doing. Well it went from thirty six nil to well, what was yeah, the well, final score, yeah. But um but, but listening to the English media reading about it, they don't think there's the characters in the squad to do that. And uh, nobody seems to know. But maybe, maybe Big Ben of Mitchum, England <laughs> fan, will throw some insight on this. Um, ben. OK, so World Cup predictions for England. Um, if you look at the warm-up games, sort of ignore the scores. It's all very promising. Um, quite clearly, Mr Balfour knows what he's doing. He's brought back players five years, sort of past their prime, but they're going to get a second win. We all know this. It's, it's, we're we're going to smash it out of the park, especially in that second pool game when he brings back Will Carlin and Rob Andrew to um, sneakily knock whoever's in their way out of the way. No one will ever expect that. Um, as for um, my predictions hopes and dreams for the actual world cup 
I'm really hoping that my ancestry DNA set comes back and tells me that I'm a fifth French. Um, I'll also really hope that I can refriend some of the South Africans that I know on Facebook after the World Cup. Um, that's for England versus Argentina. Well, I'm going to Richmond for an Argentinian steak and I'm going to watch it there and just, you know, I hear tears go very well with beef dripping sauce. That's, uh, that's probably the best insight I've heard of any English yeah. which is sad to say. Yeah. I mean, the only case I can make for England is they'd play a, a containing game, focus on the set piece. Not that I've seen their set piece capable of doing anything. They've offered, they've showed us nothing mm. offensively. Mm. So it's 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 very hard to imagine them winning this game. If you just put put form aside in the last couple of games, if you looked at this Argentina squad and you looked at the England squad, and then potentially what those two teams will be um, on Saturday, I would have said England could, you know, should win. I, man for man, big front I, rows, because these the the England team have, in my view, more talent consistently through all the numbers. Argentina have some better players, I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. you know, in between. But, you know, if you think about a squad and a team and it's a team game and how you all fit together and, and everything that comes behind the English team of the systems and the money and all that kind of stuff, it, I would have thought England should win it. So they have the players. So, Is there the possibility that it clicks? But to what? Because we know how Argentina will play and they can mix it up a couple of points. Yeah, yeah. So we know they're branded. We know they're brand. What's England? Well, this is this is what oh, I was saying. What do you think? Borthwick's. I, I don't think he can go away from the Leicester model. Right. We need to scrum, and George Ford must kick us around. But they can't. So very, very, very poor man, Springboks. Yeah, it's 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 diabolical, and uh, yeah, be interesting to sit here next week after watching them and actually be able to say. Well, we haven't really said anything. <laughs> it's just we don't know what to we say. Don't, about we don't know what to say, do you? Yeah, yeah. It's very strange. So, predictions for the game? I think Argentina will win. I think it'll still be close. But I, you do I, think it'll be close? Yeah, I do. I do, because English grit comes into play and there's pride. pride. And, yeah, I, like, I've like i seen these guys play for too many years. And it, Farrell's not allowed to play, is he? He's still out. So. But, yeah, these proud Englishmen there, and I can't see them capitulating. Okay, I'm going to get Argentina by 13. Okay, I'm going to write this down. I can't, I can't what? So, whatever that score is, Argentina by 13. Okay, cool. No, no, I, I think Argentina, I think it'll be quite close, like a 22 16 kind of thing. Okay, so within 20, a score. 20, yeah, yeah. I I think Argentina will just strangle them. Um, yeah. I think there'll be a point of the game for I'm just judging England on the last few games. I think it'll get poverty the second half and Argentina will cut loose and neither hurt does. Yeah. So I see it. Okay, then, Andrew, moving on to the Wallabies v Georgia. Try calling this one. Again, funny. Like, it's good, isn't it? These it are it's like a, so, you know what would be a really good team is if you took the Georgian pack and put Will Skelton in there and then took the Australian back line. Huh? Then, then you've got a team. You've got a team. Yeah. So, We've commented about Georgia and what they could at everyone else's. Australia, for me, are a bit of a lottery. I see potential, but they can't put it together. They, I like that um, Bell, that Angus Bell, their new um, prop. He looked really good. And Australia got much more parity at times against uh, France when they played them. But I, I can't see them losing to Georgia. I just think there'll be too much rugby IP and history and all that type of stuff for Georgia to get one over them. But and I think um Australia by ten. I've got the same Australia by ten. Okay. Oh. And I do think Australia, even though Eddie's just taking over one fly off and green, I do think they've got one decent result in maybe a quarter finals in Australia. Well they've got such an easy like theoretically so I I'm still calling it that Fiji wins that pool. That's and either 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 Australia or um, uh, who's the other one in their group? So there's F Wales. Wales, Wales. So I'd say one of so Fiji to win, and then one of Australia or Wales to go through. And I think Australia should beat Wales. Well, so on that note, Wales Fiji Sunday. Wales Fiji on Sunday. Can I, you call us? Yes, I can call us. Me too. Do we both go with Fiji? Fiji by eight. 
The other consideration is here, my understanding is the weather will be good for all of these. So there's no um, rain forecast. There's going to be none of that type of thing. And you want to, you know, bottier. Oh, my well, word. If you think how much Fiji improved, especially with discipline set piece players mm, back into mm, the sport. Yeah. You go back four years, Wales came very close to getting to a World Cup final at our expense. Yeah, they did. In the group stages, they played Fiji, and that was a Fiji were ahead and yeah, yeah. playing very well. It was only very near the end, latter stages, where the Welsh set piece kicked in, mm. Gatlin ball kicked in, and they, they, they got the win. But we're talking for you. Talk the, about two that, different directions, the teams. Are that, that team was better than this Wales team. This Wales team were very new, very young, young captain. They got pounced by 50 points against the Springboks just the other the other day. Granted, it wasn't a first team. I think Wales, like I said, they've probably got 13 players that can compete. But I think Fiji already, they, they just they just look like, for me, they the one team that, you know, they could hit a quarterfinal and surprise somebody and get into a semi and potentially play a, well, they, they but it, you know, it could be so. It depends who else goes through. But, you know, they could get into a quarter semifinal quite yeah. easily, in my view. And um, they could do this, but they're not the same team as in they could get to 60, 70, I mean, the 60, 70 minute mark, and then there's a fall off, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, I think they hold their own now. As they, yeah. as they pre- a lot of super rugby, or super rugby players there now in, in French, um, in the French club uh, leagues. So they should be better. Okay, there are other games. I think Ireland are playing Romania, Romania yeah. maybe. I think Romania by 35. I think I'd go 50. Yeah. I think it could be close. And Namibia play. I do believe Namibia are playing Italy. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I'll be rooting for Namibia. It's one of my favourite destinations. Yeah, yeah. Italy, uh, again, good team. Italy. Both sides loaded with South Africans. So. Really... I mean, Italy's got a few. Oh. I mean, Tommaso Allen's John Allen's son. Remember him, the hooker played for Scotland and South Africa. Yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you a question then, because we looked at the games. Um... No, it's one other game. There's um, um, Japan versus Chile. Well, even though Japan seems to have fallen off a cliff, uh, they should win that. They should win that in the country. So, um, what are your hopes for this World Cup? Or one hope? Yeah, one hope for the World Cup in general, not specific. You know, my hope would be Lebok just keeps kicking off. But my hope is that the ref does the refereeing and TMO don't have an influence in a negative way on this World Cup. Yeah, so that's similar to mine, and I was asking this question today and yesterday just to people I know in rugby and um, certainly from my point of view what I don't want to see is these people who've paid thousands of whatever rands yeah. euros dollars pounds to go to France all excited to go to big game is decided by a red card and the TMO and, and that invariably dictates dictates the results and not only that um rugby's in the short window to the world yeah there's nothing else on really there's a bit of premier Premier Soccer, I believe, but it's in the shop window. It's on terrestrial TV in a lot yep. of countries. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether SA has shown it. No, well, Super Sport try to sell it to be like um, the, the Channel One and those kind of the government channels for 23 million. And uh, clearly, you know, that's not going to fly. What, what, one of the politicians would have to sell their Ferraris, so that's not going to uh, happen. That's true. Well, they, oh, yeah, because they did show it because of public pressure. The last World Cup, it did go on to. Yeah, I, I mean, that, there's something very, very wrong there when it's not on state TV. I mean, yeah, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Well, we'll um, let the appropriate music play. Uh, we'll reconvene <laughs> next week. Next Monday. Yeah, check us out on all the platforms now. Hey, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, we're on all of them. Send it out to your friends, please. Yeah, drop us an email as well. Or a message on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Any rugby podcast at gmail.com. Spread the word. And great timing. I've just finished this bottle of Muscadet. Andrew, go Bocker. Yeah, good night. Bockers, let's go. It's time. Stop.